Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Am I the asshole for saying I will not be attending my daughter's wedding? So, I have two daughters, Tracy and Caitlin. Backstory. Caitlin and Tracy weren't really close when they were growing up, but they got on. They had those basic sisterly fights every now and then, but nothing too big. Caitlin came out when she was 13 as bisexual, which wasn't really a shock to a lot of people, and because of that, people accepted her pretty fast. But Tracy had a few things to say about it. She was very small-minded about that kind of thing, but after talking about it with her, she agreed to keep her beliefs to herself. Caitlin started dating a girl in her class a couple of months after she came out. This girl was the nicest person anyone can meet, and she made my daughter happy, which made me happy. Fast forward a couple of years, Caitlin and S are still dating. Tracy had started dating a guy when she was 19, and after about two years together, they got engaged. Tracy always dreamed about having the perfect wedding, which is in two weeks after doing last minute changes and just going over the plans, she showed me the seating plan, and I realized Caitlin was not on the charts. So I asked her about it, and she said she didn't invite her because she was scared of making the family look bad in front of her fiance's family. I was taken aback by this, and I asked her about it, and this is how it went. So I asked, what do you mean you don't want the family to look bad? Well, I just don't want them to know about her lifestyle. There's nothing wrong with her lifestyle. She is who she is. Yeah, okay, whatever. She isn't invited, end of story. I had so much more to say about the matter, but I just tried to keep my calm. Without any hesitation, I said, if your sister isn't invited, you should give my seat away to someone else because I will not be coming. I grabbed my things and left. All I heard as I was walking out the door was my daughter crying and begging me to come to the wedding because she needed her mum there. It's been a few days, and I have had hundreds of messages from my daughter and future son-in-law, but I have been ignoring them. I have planned a little mini-vacation away with Caitlin, and I also invited S and her family. So am I the asshole for saying I will not attend my eldest daughter's wedding and instead going on a mini-vacation with my youngest? Edit, I forgot to mention that I gave Tracy a second chance to change her mind about it, but she just started crying and calling me a bad mother. I would like to say that even if Caitlin was invited, she wouldn't get a plus one, so unless she told people she was bisexual, people wouldn't have known about her dating a girl. When Caitlin found out about the situation, she got upset and was visibly holding back tears. She said that I should go and enjoy the day, but even if I did go, I know I will definitely not be enjoying it. So that's why I booked the holiday. And for everyone asking where she learned this bigotry from, Tracy has had a very religious best friend since she started school. Her in-laws are also religious, I believe, but I'm not sure what their views are about the LGBTQIA community. And now in the comments, not the asshole. Though honestly, even the condition Tracy set for her sister attending was still rude as hell. Honestly, I still wouldn't attend. 
I'm sorry one daughter is a bigot or otherwise ashamed of her sister, but kudos to you for sticking up for Caitlyn. Not the asshole. Not gonna lie, I had a little lump in my throat when I read your post. Thank you for being a truly supportive parent to your youngest and pointing out to your eldest that while she can believe what she wants to believe, her behavior is unacceptable. I get that it's her wedding, she can invite who she wants, but to try and pin the reason she doesn't want her own sister there on other people, when she has already made it abundantly clear that she doesn't accept LGBTQ plus people is horrendous. You did the right thing, but you are going to feel, and she's going to make you feel, like you didn't. Please give your youngest a hug from our little house, and please accept the poor man's equivalent of an award, not the asshole. Quote, all I heard as I was walking out the door was my daughter crying and begging me to come to the wedding because she needed her mum there. Probably only because of how it would have looked if you were not there. If you came out as bi, would you still be invited or not? And what is Tracy planning? To hide her sister from her in-laws forever? How is she going to explain why her own sister wasn't at her wedding? Not the asshole. And now back up to the post, we have last edit. I have talked to Tracy and she has said that she has thought about the situation and she's saying that it was her fiance's idea and she went with it because she didn't want her new family to see her as a disappointment because she has a sister who likes girls. She said she will invite her sister on one condition, that she has to stay in the back of the ceremony and can't come to the after party, but I can go to the wedding and the after party. I was a bit iffy about that offer, but I said okay, but it was Caitlin who got the last say in it. So I went to talk to Caitlin about it, and the smile on her face when she was told that she could go made me tear up a little. I said she'll only be able to stay for the ceremony, and then she'll just have to go home. And she said, I don't care how long I get to stay, I just want to see my big sister happy. That also made me tear up, but I think I'll stay for the ceremony and then leave with my youngest. I have pushed back the holiday to leave three days after the wedding. Thank you to everyone who has helped me figure this out. And now on to the update. Okay, so I went to the wedding with Caitlin. On the day of the wedding, Caitlin woke up bright and early and she was very excited for the wedding. She wore a black suit and she looked amazing and she felt it. We went to the ceremony and did the basic hello and nod to a few people, but then future son-in-law's mom and dad walked over and Caitlin's face went white with nerves, but was surprised when future son-in-law's parents complimented her outfit and kept on saying how smart and wonderful she looks. She was very happy. And then the ceremony started and we took our seats and watched it happen and then after we saw Tracy. Caitlin was wanting to leave because she didn't want to start a scene, but future son-in-law wanted to talk to us. So we did the basic conversation like, congratulations. Oh, we hope you have a wonderful life together. You know, that kind of thing. Tracy then asked if I was coming back to the celebration, so I asked if Caitlin was allowed to go. Tracy said no, so I told Tracy that I was going home with Caitlin, which made Tracy give her a dirty look before they got dragged off to the car. Me and Caitlin went home, and we started packing for our holiday with S and her family. It was a wonderful holiday. I got to see how truly happy S made Caitlin, and how happy Caitlin made S. Me and S's parents kept telling each other stories of when S and Caitlin were little. That's it. We are back home now. I have seen a few Facebook posts about Tracy on her honeymoon, but we'll need to wait and see how this will affect our relationship. 
I truly hope that we can sit down and talk about this. After all, she is still my daughter, no matter what happens. Thank you for all of your help. And now in the comments, good job on sticking up for your daughter, but try to keep an eye out for the other one, cause the husband in the original post seems a bit controlling. I'm glad things kind of worked out for OP. Let's keep in mind, this is what Tracy said her fiancé wanted. Nobody, not even OP, claims to have heard this from him directly. There has been many he said, she said stories on this sub, which turned out to be completely surprise. It's really me! Once everyone has sat down and had a talk, that is. OP, I hope this is the end of it, and your daughter and her in-laws become more accepting of your younger daughter, as she sounds lovely. If Tracy brings up you not attending the reception, you might try pointing out that leaving your minor daughter outdoors for hours while you celebrated just to help her save face is not good parenting and is just plain rude. Not to mention emotionally abusive. Tracy really effing sucks and is 100% a liar, claiming that it was future son-in-law's idea even though every time she's confronted about it, she never sticks up for her sister. This is exactly what she wants and is putting the blame on the in-laws. I'll be honest, there's no way that I could have attended this wedding where one of my children was treated as a second-class citizen just for being gay. No effing way. That's what I don't get. To me, this isn't a happy story. She was still marginalized in a big way. Stay at the back and can't come to the reception? That's her idea of a compromise? Maybe a compromise if they asked to bring a dog to the ceremony, not an effing member of the family. That would have been the last straw for me. Cut off, full stop. Our next post is titled, Connecticut. Daughter is suspended from school for two weeks, and school will only let her back if she gets unnecessary therapy. Please help. So my daughter is six and just started first grade. The school brought in a wildlife instructor to show them some animals. My daughter hates snakes, and that was one of the animals that they brought. The instructor told her to touch the snake, and she said no. The teacher also told her to touch the snake, and she said no again. Both the instructor and the teacher began pressuring her to touch the snake, and told her they wouldn't move on until she did. She started crying and ran out into the hallway. She stayed in the hall right outside the door. This is the story from the teacher, FYI, so I know my daughter isn't lying or exaggerating. I got called into school, and the principal said that running out of class without permission is an automatic two-week suspension. When I heard the story, I asked why they didn't just let her not touch the snake. It seems to me that she had a fairly expected reaction for a six-year-old in that situation. They said that they were doing exposure therapy and were working to make sure that she got over her irrational fears. I asked if there was any way that they could change the suspension, since I can't afford unexpected childcare for two weeks. They said that they would waive it if I could show proof of her getting her therapy for her fear of snakes. Frankly, I can't afford therapy, and even if I could, there are many things that my daughter could make better use of than therapy for a fear of snakes when we live in a city and rarely encounter snakes. I am furious with the school and also at a loss. Can the school put her through exposure therapy without my permission? Would a lawyer help me get her back into school? And are there any legal remedies here? Please help. Thanks in advance. And now in the comments, time to escalate this right up the chain. Is this coming from the principal? 
Frankly, I would argue that their negligent exposure therapy has actually exacerbated her fear of snakes, resulting in a need for therapy, and that you may actually have a case for damages against the school. Ask them whose license they were practicing exposure therapy under and for a copy of that person's license and liability insurance. I can be something of a vindictive asshole, so I'd probably throw in a report to the health department for both the teacher and wildlife instructor for unlicensed practice as well, as there is a good chance they won't be able to provide them. Yes, CPS might also be interested in an organization that forces small children to touch animals under the guise of exposure therapy. Connecticut has two venomous snakes in nature, as well as a handful of snakes that will attack if provoked. It is beyond questionable judgment to encourage a small kid to pet a snake that they are unfamiliar with. Escalate it up the chain. If they still ignore you, inform them that you will file a complaint with the State Department of Education due to the principal statement that they were doing exposure therapy and your daughter's fear of snakes was irrational. This should freak them out because one, you are reporting them to the state, which will involve an investigation that they may not want, and two, none of the people involved in the incident are licensed mental health professionals and the teacher was practicing outside the scope of her license. That will land her in hot water with the state. And OP replies, his. I don't believe for a second they were actually trying to do exposure therapy. I think they pushed her too hard and then made up something to justify it. It was just supposed to be a fun educational class visit. Well, since they made the claim that they were doing exposure therapy, that leaves them open to the potential consequences of their actions. In trying to justify them, they have dug themselves a very deep hole. They would have been better off admitting that they screwed up. And now on to the update. Hi everyone, thanks for the responses to my last post. After I read everything, I called and emailed the superintendent describing what had happened. I got a call back almost immediately, and after I explained the situation, the superintendent told me that she had to call the principal, but there was no way my daughter was suspended for two weeks. I got a call about an hour later, letting me know that my daughter could come back to school the next day, but would be placed in a different class. I received apologies from the district and from the principal himself, though I figure that's probably not a genuine apology, but whatever. Thanks for your help. And in the comments, force a child to do something that they have an intense fear of, punish her because she got herself away from the situation, then claim that it's a therapy technique they likely aren't trained to practice. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. What I read about exposure therapy is not throwing yourself off the deep end like they did to this kid. It's stuff like look at pictures or videos of your phobia, learn about your phobia, etc. You do it in small bits. The reading also said this can backfire easily, cause since it takes so much time and effort, people find it easier to just live with the fear. It's like taking somebody afraid of water on a boat and throwing them over and then calling it therapy. Don't remember the post. It's traumatizing and only makes the fear worse, which they would have known if they were licensed and trained therapists qualified to do any sort of therapy on a six-year-old. I was immediately put off by the leaving the room is automatic two-week suspension. What kind of garbage thing is that? Yes, let's hurt the child's education by kicking them out for a ridiculous amount of time for something that could just be verbally talked about and then move on. Granted, in this situation, you need that garbage thing to happen so that the conversation with the higher-up could occur. 
I'm a teacher, and I have kids leave the class without permission occasionally. At most, they get a one-day in-school suspension. Usually, they get a lunch detention and a phone call home. I've had kids bring drugs to school. I've caught kids vaping in the bathroom. I've had kids steal a computer. I've had a kid beat another kid unconscious, and I've had a kid threaten to bring guns to school. None of those kids have ever gotten more than a five-day suspension and a visit with a district-provided therapist. Two weeks suspension for anything is insane. For a six-year-old, no less. In my opinion, any out-of-school suspension for a kid that young is unreasonable. It just forces a parent to make other childcare arrangements or stay home, both of which cost, when being held at school but away from friends is likely a more constructive consequence anyway. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. My next post is titled, My friends asked me to be a sperm donor and I have no idea what to do. So I only have one or two male friends and my father died when I was 17. So I'm coming to y'all for perspective. Like the title says, my friends have decided to become parents and have asked me if I would be willing to be a sperm donor. They told me that my involvement past that was up to me. Ideally, I would be around for the kid in some capacity, especially if the child had questions, but they made clear those boundaries are up to me. I have no concerns about their ability to raise children since they already raised two part-time and their dedication to being parents is absolute. I also have no concerns about any legal issues. We have a solid friendship and they are in significantly better financial shape than I am. They are ready. I'm 33 and have been single for around four years now. I had a near-death experience on my 33rd birthday and partially as a result of that, I'm in the midst of some very big positive life changes that are really overdue. My last relationship ended badly. Honestly, it was a personal apocalypse, and since then, I have had a lot of trouble forming romantic attachments. My ex was vehemently opposed to having kids, and so I decided back then that having kids wasn't going to be part of my life. I have a lot of trouble imagining a future for myself where having kids happens right now as a result. I've thought about how being a sperm donor might affect my future relationships, and I think anyone who would hold a thing like this against me is someone I probably wouldn't want to be with anyway. I'm of two minds. One part of me has zero qualms and is leaning towards saying yes. The other part of me is worried about all the unknowns. How will I feel? 
What will it be like when the kid is old enough to ask these sorts of questions? When it comes down to it, they are having a child regardless. This is a huge compliment and a huge honor. I have some more questions for them that I've been writing down, but I know I can't think of everything. What sorts of questions are important in this situation? Am I overthinking this? Considering they told me the boundaries were up to me, I have been very scattered processing all of this and trying to think about what each future looks like. So apologies if I'm missing important details. TLDR, my friends are having a baby, want me to be the donor, and have effectively told me I can set whatever boundaries I want or need to set. What are some important questions I should ask them, and maybe more importantly, myself? And now in the comments, first things first, talk to a lawyer. Everybody may enter into this agreement with the best of intentions, but life has a way of throwing circumstances at people that cause them to change direction. For example, someone vanishes and the other person decides to come at you for child support. This, OP absolutely needs to have a chat with a lawyer to see first who they can go to for child support, biological or one accepting a parental role in his stead. And if any contract they may sign to waive rights to child support would even stand up in court where they are. In many places they don't, and even if where they live now does, there is always the chance they may move to a different one later. And OP says, This is the late motive of all advice that I have been given so far. I think it is inevitable that some manner of legal advice and documentation will be involved if I decide to say yes. There are a lot of unknowns that just naturally come with having children, but since you won't even be raising this one, there are even more. This kid might want to know you and have you in their life, or they may just not care about you at all. No one can know how that will play out. So it seems to me the main thing you are doing is passing on your genes. I would make a list of any conditions that run in your family and make sure that you have discussed them thoroughly with the potential recipients. And OP replies, Thank you for the response. This was definitely one of my early thoughts on it. I have been as upfront with them about both my physical and mental health as possible and will continue to do so. There have been actual court cases about guys who become sperm donors having to pay child support, so tread carefully. Like someone else said, go talk to a lawyer. If your friends are better off, maybe they can pay for a lawyer to walk you through the implications. Other than that, you would need to figure out if this is something you want to do. It sounds like it. And if so, what type of relationship will you have with this kid? The more formalized it is, the better in the long run. And now back up to the post, we have an edit. Right off the bat, I want to thank the community here for the responses and the mod team for letting this post through. I tried to respond to most of the comments. I have learned a lot from the comments here, especially the people who have been through this experience. It's clarified a lot for me and helped me significantly cut through the noise in my own head. The universal piece of advice is to get lawyers involved, which I will be talking to my friends about. I don't love that, but I understand it. I have realized a lot of my concerns over the whole thing come from my own issues and fears, and have nothing to do with how reality will play out. Hearing those concerns echoed here in some form or another has been very validating, and simultaneously has let me filter out the ones that aren't actually useful. At this point, I am still letting myself be undecided, though I know much more which way I am leaning. Whatever comes from this, whatever I decide, this has been a real reminder that life refuses to do anything other than surprise you, and it's nice to have a reminder in the form of something good.
And now onto the update. So it's been an emotional, complicated two weeks. I did a lot of reading, a lot of soul searching, and a lot of serious talks with myself about what the choice would mean. I decided to do it. And before I got a chance to tell them yes, they ended up doing a lot of the same and decided to go with a bank donor instead of myself or the other donor that they were talking to. This has been a very strange and surreal and fast moving chapter in my life. I spent a lot of time thinking very hard about this choice and it made me ask myself really fundamental questions about what sort of person I was and what I wanted in my life. That inspired me to make more beneficial moves in my life and even my reaction to their decision is telling me a lot about the sorts of things that I want for myself. I am really proud to have been asked this and I think every moment of agonizing over it, taking it really seriously, was worth it. In the past two weeks, I have learned more about myself than I think I had in the previous four years. And in the end, I'm happy my friends are going to have a new addition to their life. I guess it turns out that is something I might want in my own life too. Thank you again to everyone who responded to the initial thread. You all helped a lot. And now in the comments, not sure what I would have done in your situation. I think of my family members and close friends who have had difficulty having children, and I feel like I would have been just as conflicted as you are. I'm happy for you that your friends made the decision for you, even if it wasn't what you had decided, because it seems like this has really moved you in a super positive way. Good luck, and keep moving forward. Honestly, I'm just kind of happy to hear three thoughtful, prepared people put so much serious consideration towards the process of bringing another human into the world, and weighing what that will mean to all three slash four of them. Not just emotionally, but financially, socially, legally. These people will be excellent parents, even if they won't be doing it together. Probably turned out for the best. Why complicate a great friendship? Having kids of my own, I don't know if I would be a donor. It would kill me to have a child and not be able to be with them every day. Personally, I wouldn't donate sperm for a family member or close friend because it is super personal and crazy crap always happens. What if something happens and they struggle financially? You will be morally obligated to help them out and that itself will start problems. I know for a fact if I did donate and those friends and family members start struggling, I wouldn't be able to ignore my baby, even if it's not mine, but theirs. I will get involved involuntarily because I can't ignore a baby in need. OP's friend suggesting he be the one to set boundaries is also a bit weird. What if he changes his mind at some point in time and decides that he wants to be hands-on with the baby? My take is that they were planning on getting him to support here and there financially by dropping all boundaries. Yep. What if the kid has a disability and then they need money or they don't want the kid anymore? What if the kid gets sick? So many ifs that unless you are very unemotional, I'm not sure it's possible to totally ignore the kid and say, not my kid. That's exactly my point. If you donated to family, they will spin the narrative, it's not just their baby, it's also yours, or you're also responsible for the baby. I would rather donate to a sperm bank instead of close family or friends. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And that's where I'm going to leave today's episode, guys. I do hope you enjoyed. If you did, let me know what you thought of it down below, and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.